0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Researchers and advocates all over the world have found pretty incredible results from the use of psychedelics or anything from depression and anxiety to alcohol dependence. But many are still illegal in most states in the U.S., including Illinois. And one legislator is looking to change that. LaShawn Ford represents Illinois' 8th district in the State House. He's drafting up a bill with therapists and advocates that could decriminalize plant based psychedelics and make it more accessible to people who could benefit. State Representative Ford joins us now to say more about what he hopes to accomplish with this legislation. Welcome to Reset.
1: Thank you for having me, Sasha, on Reset. I'm very happy to be a guest.
0: So tell us why this bill now?
1: Well, uh, Sasha, so The bill now is because advocates ask for a discussion on the um, plant. And so one of the, um, I think, honors that I have as being an elected official is to be able to listen to um, people that's willing to work hard for change that they see necessary. And that's what I've been able to do. So I knew nothing about this plant. But um, advocates and um, professionals that know a lot about it came to us and said that we need to have a serious discussion about this because it's illegal. And this is a part of people being charged with uh, crimes for something that's really beneficial to their health. Mm-hmm. And they want to decriminalize that.
0: Well, you said you knew nothing About this before so do you think that there's been enough research about the benefits and negative side effects of psychedelic drugs?
1: There's been a a lot of benefit a a lot of research that um, I've read and that's why we have to get it right because we know that just like it could be good for some people if we don't put a system in place that's um, guided by science then it could also um, be harmful there has been studies that show that it's made remarkable um, changes in people's lives. But we've also read research where it caused um, harm to individuals that didn't use it appropriately. And so that's why uh, when you bring this type of issue to the legislature to regulate it, we believe that it makes it more safe for individuals and, um, in the space.
0: Are police making many arrests for psychedelic drugs here in this state?
1: You know, I'm told that it's not that prevalent in, in the state of Illinois, but it happens. And, um, and that's why advocates are saying, you know, we cannot have a um, situation like marijuana because the plant um, will become more and more uh, pronounced in, in our state. And because of that, I think that we have to be prepared and be on the front end and make sure that we protect uh, individuals in Illinois from getting bad uh, uh, plant based uh, medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, and we know that, uh, that there's this stuff called fentanyl that's being leased on almost every type of drug out there. And so the advocates are afraid of that as well.
0: What are the biggest challenges that you, you think this bill? Will face as it progresses. You
1: know, one the, the greatest challenge is the understanding about the um, benefits, and if you're not one that um, that one has firsthand experience with it, you may not understand how it has changed some people's lives. Two, you have people that's just going to be against the constant conversation of legalizing drugs. Um, but we know that this plant is natural, and if we regulate it, um, it then it could be safe. And you also you're going to have law enforcement that would be opposed to it because it's still on the Schedule C on the federal level, and it would have to be taken off the Schedule C, uh, like we're pushing for marijuana to be taken off.
0: Right. Do you think that psychedelics have a, a stigma? based on how they're portrayed in the media?
1: Yeah, you know, and when, when you think about media, um, they report what they know, and they report it from their lens, their understanding. And that's why the bill that we're working on, we're working on making sure that we have a task force that's going to be inclusive of um, people from different um, sectors of the um, state. And so we want to make sure that we include um, in that press. It's it's unusual for press to be in these task force, but we have to have journalists at the table so that they can get firsthand knowledge about the situation. And so the task force will have the Med Society. It will have the Department of Public Health, DHS. It would have experts um, as it relates to this plant that have lived experience from across uh, other states. So the conversation is needed so that people have a better understanding and not just slam the um, idea before really having an understanding about it.
0: Mm -hmm. So what's the the overall goal here? Are you envisioning that this bill will end up allowing for recreational use of plant-based psychedelics?
1: The goal first is to make sure, yes, that we decriminalize it for medical purposes like we studied it with with cannabis, that that same path could very well be how we approach this, where it becomes medical um, use, and um, then we go from there to recreation. But that's open for discussion. The um, push right now is for people to have access to something that they know works for them. And we cannot just slam and turn our backs on individuals that um, would prefer to have a natural plant versus um, pharmaceutical um, drugs that's been prescribed by their medical doctor. We should, everybody has a right in America to seek the help that they know works for them. And what we know and what I've heard from um, individuals that, give, that have given testimony is that they believe that this type of um, treatment really changes their lives, really gives them a new look on life. I mean, people have talked about being in deep depression and being one prescribed um, drugs from the traditional market um, from the doctor and it's not work and possibly causing other side effects And then when they were introduced to the uh, plant, they actually found it to be what they needed, and it changed their lives. Mm -hmm. And so if you know that you have evidence that this exists, how do you just slam it without examining it and try to give the people what they need for a better life?
0: So before I let you go representative, what else do you want folks listening to know about this bill
1: this this is um, community um, driven and um, we did not dra- we didn't file the bill yet because we want to file a bill with the reality that we actually had conversations about this idea before we filed it so we're being fair and balanced as it relates to um, filing a bill that um, almost we hope will be agreed to before we get to the point of having a bill number but yeah. we have to make sure that we change our ideas about just telling people to just say no to drugs and we have to make sure that we help people because when you have proven methods we should look at them and use them
0: LaShawn Ford represents Illinois 8th district in the state house thank you so much for your time
1: Thank you, Sasha. Bye-bye.
0: Now, while psychedelics are illegal in Illinois, one psychedelic-like drug is allowed for specific medical purposes. It's a drug called ketamine. For some insight there, we turn now to Judy Seals. She's a nurse practitioner at Field Trip Health Center in Chicago. Hi, Judy. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for making the time for us. Um, The center that you work at, Judy, it uses ketamine for psychedelic therapies. What is that exactly?
2: Sure. And so, as you mentioned, ketamine is a psychedelic drug that we use at Phil trip, And what we're doing is we're using it as a tool to help clients access their inner healer. And so that way we're able to dive deeper and get past some of these stuck places that people have found themselves before when they were in therapy. And what's wonderful about it is that we're able to do it more quickly. So the current traditional approach is a really passive approach. It's where clients are prescribed a medication, and they have to wait weeks and sometimes months to see if the medication will work. But with the field trip health approach, we're having our patients play an active role in their healing journey. And with the use of the psychedelic medication, we're leading them through these emotional breakthroughs and helping them to process and actively engage and transform so that they can heal.
0: So does it have psychedelic effects at every dose?
2: More so at the higher doses. The lower doses are going to be um, more of half. It's going to have more of an empathogenic response. There's going to be more warmth, love, compassion feelings. And as you get higher in dose, you can start to have those psychedelic um, effects where you start to have those out-of-body experiences and these ego dissolution experiences. How um, how
0: else can, psych- can psychedelics being used in therapies, how, how can that, benefit or who can they benefit rather?
2: Yeah, sure. You know, we're successfully treating patients with conditions like depression, anxiety, PTSD, and many of our clients actually have severe symptoms and they've already tried and failed many other types of treatment. So a third of patients have something with depression have something called treatment-resistant depression, mm-hmm. and this is where they don't respond to traditional antidepressants. And in patients with treatment-resistant depression, studies have shown that 70% respond positively to ketamine after just one infusion. Wow. So we're really seeing patients with the severest of symptoms that have just not responded to other treatments that are really benefiting from this.
0: And just so we're clear, these therapies, they can have a more varying reaction than say something like Tylenol, right? Because it depends on and impacts a person's perspective.
2: It does, you know, so what it does is it's going to so at the different doses, there's going to be different types of responses. And everyone's response is going to be different because it's metabolized differently in different individuals and also because patients are presenting with different types of conditions and symptoms. And so the ketamine is going to give them not necessarily always what they want but what they need. Mm -hmm. And it does help them to develop these new perspectives and insights that'll be valuable in helping them to achieve these lasting, meaningful um, changes that they want in their lives.
0: So what makes for a a bad trip?
2: You know, that's the thing. We don't actually have, we don't call any of the trips here at at Field Trip bad. Okay. And the reason that um, individuals who have experience with psychedelics might have what they call a bad trip is because of this concept of set and setting. And that's something that's not really discussed very much um, in the medical field, but it's a really important concept. Set is basically an individual's mindset, and setting is the environment. And that's basically the idea that the same person can respond very differently to the exact same dose of the exact same medication, depending on what their mindset and setting is. And that's because when you have these altered states of consciousness, they're characterized by heightened internal and external environmental sensitivity, And so we have a lot of preparation work and rapport building and um, sense of safety Mm -hmm. that we instill before we administer the ketamine.
0: Can you dig into that a little bit more, Judy? What exactly is going on in your brain to get that therapeutic result?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And it's not one that's fully known or understood yet. But what we do know is that it appears that ketamine um, works in a combination of different ways. So one way that it works is to reduce the functionality of something that we call the default mode network. And these are um, basically different portions in your brain that are activated when your mind is in a like passive, non-task oriented state. So the default mode network is, you know, active when you're relaxing or daydreaming or thinking about the future or the past without a specific goal and the reason the default mode network is also important is because it's really this neurological basis for ourselves you know it's where we store our memories and our you know facts about ourselves um, our traits our the the beliefs that we have about the descriptions of ourselves and what our emotions are and the problem with this is that the default mode network is involved in a number of tasks that can become preoccupations or ruminations, and so for someone who has something like depression or anxiety, if there's a lot of negative self-talk that's going on, that can be pretty um, you know detrimental. And so ketamine works by reducing the activity of the default mode network. Um, the general way it works is really what it does is it creates this temporary dissociation. It allows one to disconnect from your normal way of thinking. And this hour-long break from your usual thought pattern can be therapeutic in itself, you know, again, especially if you have something like depression or anxiety. But what is really key is what happens in the next few days and weeks when the brain has something called enhanced neuroplasticity and is open to changes in thought patterns Mm -hmm. and the development of new insights and perspectives that's really critical for determining those long-term outcomes. And ketamine works by enhancing that neuroplasticity. So technically, you know, ketamine works on a lot of neurotransmitters, you know, like serotonin and dopamine. But the predominant one it works on is glutamate, and glutamate is the key because that's what's responsible for sending signals between right. the nerve cells, and it plays an important role in your learning and memory. Um, so when ketamine works, you know, there can be a pretty immediate, like, neurochemical, biochemical response, you know, if you can have a pretty immediate effect. And that's not explained by the development of increased neuroplasticity. But what we're learning is that it looks like that enhanced neuroplasticity is necessary in order to maintain the benefits of the ketamine and so that's why we always couple psychotherapy with psychedelic medicine in order to optimize the effect of that medication during that period of enhanced neuroplasticity Mm -hmm. and why we believe that if you use psychedelic medicine without psychotherapy it's really a huge missed opportunity
0: yeah are you taking steps to avoid dependency because it's pretty addictive
2: It's actually, um, you know, it's actually um, pretty rare for um, addictions, um, especially in the clinical setting and at the doses that we're um, using. So we definitely do um, pay attention to any um, drug-seeking or addictive type of behaviors, but we haven't had any issues like that. And that also kind of plays back to that whole set-and-setting concept, too. You know, when clients, there are clients that we've had that have used ketamine recreationally, Mm -hmm. but they have this innate understanding that when they're doing something – clinical to, you know, to help, you know, their mental health, there's there's like a boundary, you know, there's a, there's a difference. And they understand that and recognize that. And again, at the clinical level um, and for the clinical indications, the doses that we're using are a lot lower than what they're using recreationally when it's gotcha. being used.
0: The bill that we just talked about still has got a long way to go before it's even voted on, Judy. But I'm just curious, if psychedelics do become uh, decriminalized in Illinois, do, do you think that it's something health centers like field Trip would use in therapies?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, work is already being done, not at PhilTrip, but in general with MDMA-assisted therapy for PTSD. Um, we know that psilocybin has shown to benefit those with depression and addiction. And so certainly as new psychedelics become legally accessible, PhilTrip plans to expand our offering and protocols to include them. We have a PhilTrip um, clinic in Amsterdam that mm-hmm. uses psilocybin currently for their treatment.
0: Judy Seals is a nurse practitioner at Field Trip Health Center in Chicago. Thank you for joining us, Judy, and breaking that down. Thank you. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.